Now, back to Bet MGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvath on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. Got less than an hour till Thursday night football. Week five of the NFL kicks off. Also got now Sam Houston about to tie things up after the extra point with Liberty. Yeah. There you go. It's going to be 7-7 after that. Bears still six-point dogs. Uh, 44 and a half still your live total for Thursday night football. Though. Yeah, give me a follow on Twitter. You could click if you ever want to see like some of my disgusting like uh, sicko, mo- sicko mode type bets. This <laughs> Sam Houston was one of them. I didn't want to give that out because I've given them out like the last two weeks and they like never score points. But I did bet them 20 and a half. So I'll be cheering for them. I got one I want to throw out there really quick i'm looking at the weather in ruston louisiana because we get western kentucky my hilltoppers with starting quarterback austin reed and his 11 touchdowns two picks going against louisiana tech with starting quarterback hank bachmeyer a lot of people like the over total reached 60 now it's down to 58 and a half the reason we got thunderstorms in the area i think louisiana tech might be able to hold their own against that passing attack a little bit i think this is going to be a little bit lower scoring under and we could get a 59 right now. So under in the big one tonight, Nick. Louisiana Tech, Western Kentucky kickoff in 30 minutes. Let's go. There you go. Love it. We'll look at some of the props. Last-minute props, if anything moves uh, before kickoff, of course, for Thursday Night Football tonight. Gave out our bets. Looked at some of that ahead of time. We do have the NBA now camp starting, which means, well, it's still going to be silly season, as a lot of people like to call it, because it is the NBA. Oh, by the way, Magic Johnson speaking to the NBA. Look at him on set for Thursday Night Football. Commander's owner. God, I love it. It makes me so damn Missed happy. that show so much, though. They don't even have to. Oh, what? What show? Winning time. Oh, it was fantastic. It yeah, just it's gone, though. It they they, they ripped it. it away from us. I wanted them to actually have and more. a terrible more. way to end it, but we'll it, talk. Thank you. We got thank Bill. You. You're right. We have Bill. I don't want to make Bill Ryder wait anymore. CBS agrees, Sports though. NBA insider, writer than you, CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, if you're mad that the, if you watched the <laughs> show and you hated the way that it ended, feel free to jump that in, Bill. But let's start with also James Harden, who is uh, with the Sixers in camp, and Joel Embiid says he's not a distraction. Of course he's going to say that. What do we make of this situation, and where do you see this actually going? The same thing I make of, I guess, where Showtime is. I wish he would, just, he would just go away. I wish there was a way just to cancel his appearance in the NBA. Look, so, so you're right. He is going to make life as miserable as he can for that organization. He's already done this. We know this. He called Daryl Morey a liar over the summer. But just talking to folks in that Philly organization, maybe their words are, 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 are tougher than their actual fortitude, but they say they're going to just make him play. They're going to wait for the price to go up. They take some strength and some... Some, um, some, some, you know, the, a sense of uh, optimism from what went down with Lillard, even though that wasn't as ugly. So I think that Harden's going to be out of shape and miserable, and I think Daryl Moore and the Sixers are going to say politely, "To hell with you! We're not trading you until we get what we want." Wow, yeah, it's going to be a saga, Bill. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on the Bucks. Obviously, they add Damian Lillard. This is going to be a really explosive pick and roll type offense. But what concerns me is that now Chris Middleton again not healthy, held out of practice. Uh, new coach Adrian Griffin being very shady about what Chris Middleton is even dealing with. How do you feel about this team if they don't have an entirely healthy Middleton? for the entire year, or maybe if he never returns to what he was when he was in his prime? I mean, look, we are in an era, we know this, where you can have a big two and get it done, but they need Chris Middleton, and one executive, and a guy who was a longtime former scout who worked his way up, made the point to me that, yes, as you noted, they are amazing offensively. Damian Lillard is a huge addition. It takes a ton of pressure on the offensive side off of of Giannis, and the pick-and-roll game can be amazing, but that backcourt defensively now, is not very good is the point this executive made. So you've got to make that up with more offense. It's a similar model to what Boston's doing, leaning offensively. I think you need Middleton to be in the mix, at least in the postseason. 
given how good the Celtics are, and I think still how many landmines there are in the Eastern Conference from other teams. What are your thoughts on Drew Holiday and his fit with Boston? I mean, kind of taking over, obviously, the Marcus Smart role where he's you know, an on-ball defender. But uh, what are your thoughts on Boston coming into the season? Because I feel like in the East, it's really just Boston and Milwaukee right now. I, yeah, I like Drew Holiday. Like, it's a great question. Like, Drew Holiday in a vacuum, I, I love it. And so Marcus Smart, basically, leader, respected guy, but did not get along. And this is pretty clear from the press conferences, but did not get along with Joe Mazzulli. It wasn't a good fit. The perspective in Boston is you get a bit of an upgrade from in, in Drew Holiday offensively. He's still great defensively. He's also well-respected. Guys around the league love him. But he's known to be easy to work with for coaches, right? He's not going to undermine you. There's a different kind of edge. It comes out on the floor, not in the locker room. So for Holiday as a player and, frankly, as a guy who's going to make life a little easier on a, on a head coach who's under a lot of pressure, I love it. I think it's really interesting to see what Porzingis can be and what he can do and whether or not some of the players who are – who were moved out, who are defensive-focused guys, whether that's going to hurt the Celtics as it relates to what they want to do. But we know Missoula is much more offensively inclined than Ime Odoka. He leans that way. So I love the holiday move. I love the Celtics. But it's going to be really interesting how these pieces fit because this is a team that's made a Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals the last two years. They obviously made the Finals a couple years ago, and it's very they, they've retooled this, this basketball team pretty aggressively. Yeah, Bill, it's not like the Celtics haven't been in this position before. They're the co-favorites at BetMGM to win the title 4-1 to along with the Bucks, And then you got the Nuggets, the defending champs at plus 550. Where do you, odds aside for this, where do you stack the Nuggets up right now with some of these other teams like the Celtics and Bucks, and then the Suns, all of who have had a, you know, pretty active off-seasons? So, uh, Denver's a known quantity, and they've got one of the two or three best players in the game. He's probably the best player in the game, but every year it changes. I voted for Jokic for MVP. I think they're the best team of those three that you noted because of what we know. I think it's likely that in Boston or in Milwaukee, and maybe in both, I don't know, it's going to work really well, and they're going to actually be a little bit higher level. They obviously have to face them in the finals for that to matter in the playoffs. I love Denver, and I think there's a lot of question marks in the Western Conference that makes their road easier. I'm not as high on Phoenix as other people. I know they got some depth in that trade. John Morant's going to miss a huge chunk of the season. What is Memphis going to be? Your third best player here in L.A. with the Lakers is Austin Reeves. Not that that's the end of the world, but I'm not sure that, that it's a guarantee. And Anthony Davis, Anthony Humpty Dumpty Davis, I know he wants to play 82 games. I love it if the guy played 72 games. LeBron's amazing, but he's 105 years old. So you just sort of you go to the Western Conference, there are potential challengers, but at least on paper, nobody to me is as sure a thing as the Denver Nuggets. I'm curious your thoughts uh, on the Dallas Mavericks because I had a healthy debate with a friend of mine earlier today because he, for whatever reason, thinks that Grant Williams uh, and Derek Lively are going to move the needle in terms of just the overall defense, which was terrible last year. Like, What's your thoughts overall on, on what this Dallas Mavericks team is going to be this year? Have you guys seen that gif where there's a dumpster on fire floating down a swollen river? Yeah. That's my perspective <laughs> on the Dallas Mavericks. Um, and really my perspective on any team that, that has Kyrie Irving. I, I, there is massive, massive, massive concern and worry that they are not going to capitalize on Luka Doncic's window. And while Luka hasn't made any suggestions he wants to leave Dallas, we saw this year, I think the moves that are going around the Eastern Conference and what's happening right now with Force and Harden to stay in Philly, it's all about the fear that Giannis will be the guy that won't stay or Embiid will be the guy that gets unhappy and doesn't stay. And you talk to GMs around the NBA, there, there's a hope, right, if you're not a, the Dallas GM, that in a year or two, Doncic is going to be the guy who doesn't want to be there. And so I think Dallas has massive pressure without a roster that can make good on it. I'm not a big Kyrie Irving guy, so maybe I'm swinging and missing on a level of greatness he brings to the table that I'm somehow not seeing. But the moves they've made, the team they have, the roster they have, 
I don't think it's very impressive. I know Doncic is amazing. You guys know Doncic is amazing. The guy's an incredible player, but he's not on a team that I think is going to live up to anything remotely resembling even conference championship appearances, let alone the finals. I think they're in trouble. Bill, with the uh, Heat missing out on the uh, Damian Lillard and missing out on the sweepstakes for Dame Lillard, they're still minus 190 to win the Southeast. I was just like trying to make the case for any of these other teams, you know, from a betting standpoint. And you have the Hawks plus 220. I don't know if I fully trust them. I like the Magic. I just don't know if they're still a year away. They're 8 to 1. And then the Hornets and the Wizards. Could you make the case for any other team in the Southeast uh, other than Miami yeah, what, this season? What's the number on Atlanta? Like, I think. So, so, plus 220. I mean, yeah, I think Atlanta's interesting if you're feeling like you have a little gamble, right? Because it's probably Miami. We know how consistent they are. It's not just that they didn't get Lillard in terms of their championship hopes. It's how much better everybody that they compete yeah. with, really Boston and, and, and Milwaukee got. And they lost other pieces that are important. But that is, that is a very weak group of teams. That said, Quinn Snyder is extremely well-respected. It sounds like Trey Young wants to do the things he needs to do for Quinn in that organization. I wasn't. I think that place is a mess in terms of their political dynamics with their front office. But Quinn's a really good coach. He's now going to have obviously an entire training camp came in late last year. Very weird situation. So there's going to be a surprise, and maybe it's a heat trail off a little bit, or there's injuries, or emo Jimmy so emotionally can't get out there that haircut and play. For me, Atlanta would be the other team. Bill, if people are looking at maybe the possibility of finding an edge in like the the win totals market right now, the Toronto Raptors are a team that's been thrown around. For, it feels like the last couple of years is maybe potential sellers, and then what? maybe there maybe there's some extensions for some guys, or maybe they're going to trade. Nobody seems to know what they're going to do. Do you think that this is a team that finally, let's say, even just come trade deadline, they finally start selling that team off, or are they still committed to actually winning with essentially the roster that they have? Yeah, I, I, think, it's a really good, I think it's a really good question, a really good point. I think that it depends how things go, and they believe that their roster is good enough to at least compete in the second tier in the East, right? Somewhere to four, to six, to seven, to, to try and avoid that play-in. I'm not sure how realistic that is, and I do think that if the wheels come off, if things go badly, if they're not in the mix, they very well could be sellers, and you can move on from most of those guys and, and see that team basically go into bringing assets, do what Portland's doing, do to a degree what the Thunder did, lose a bunch of games, focus on draft picks. So, depending where the total is for, like, what's their win total right now? Like, 42? I don't even know. I think it's lower than that, isn't it? Do you guys know? It's not, BetMGM doesn't have it in front of us right now, but I want to say it's actually, like, I think it's under that. Um, yeah, is it, I mean, I guess it depends what it is, but I would either, for me, like, I used to bet win totals all the time. Yeah. I would either pass on it or, or, or go under because I do think they're not going to be 36 very good. 36 and, and a half. 36 and a half. Wow, that's so low. Yeah, it's low. low. I, I mean, yeah. Vegas thinks they're going to sell them, right? Like, that yep. seems really low to me for that roster. I'm curious. I wanted to follow up with you on the Raptors because it just feels like they're a mess, Bill. I'm not sure. Masai was known as one of the better GMs in the league, and now it feels like his reputation is in shambles. Uh, and they're letting players walk for almost nothing. He's bringing up petty things like the lawsuit instead of addressing, you know, what's going on with Pascal. And he, they're, he's calling his whole team selfish and that they're not making the right decisions. Is, is it just me or is that organization kind of toxic right now? Yeah, it, it, they're not in a good place. And look, I think Masai is really imp- – th- people th- that are smarter than I am about the NBA are impressed by the guy. But Pat Riley talked about the disease of more, right? You win something, you start to really believe in yourself, you start to buy the headlines. They won an NBA championship. It's been a minute now. It was very impressive. 
but obviously they brought in Kawhi Leonard. It was a crazy spark. There were multiple injuries that were significant in that series against the Warriors that got him there. I'm not taking anything away. They had a, a crazy bounce against Philly. And I think that there's just a chance that Masai doesn't understand that they got lucky and that there were some things that need to be retooled, especially when Kawhi moved on. To answer your question, yeah, they're, they're absolutely toxic. It is a miserable place. And this is part of the debate about what, where you bet on, on their win total. He thinks they're good enough in, on paper and that these guys aren't living up to expectations. And in that locker room, they think that he's delusional strong but he is overestimating the roster that he's put together. Bobby Webster said, uh, Bill, that they offered the most that they've ever offered for a player for Damian Lillard. Do you know what that deal was? I don't know. The Lillard thing, I mean, I, no, I don't. And I have trouble believing that because I, 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 I can tell you this. From the Portland side, it wasn't personal with the Miami Heat. It really wasn't about wanting to screw over Pat Riley. They wanted the most they could get, and they thought it was Milwaukee. And some of that calculation is that they think those Milwaukee, it's one pick and it's two pick swaps, 28, 30 pick swaps, 29 first-round pick. They don't think Giannis is going to be there, regardless of what happens with Lillard in the next year or two, and that the Bucks are going to be an utter and total disaster, and that those picks are very potentially extremely valuable. And whatever happens in Toronto, it's just a more desirable market than it used to be because there's a lot of guys who are international players that we know in the NBA will play there. So I don't know. I don't know what Toronto offered, but I do know that Portland thinks that what they got from Milwaukee and what they're still getting, because they're going to move on from Malcolm Brogdon, and obviously they traded Drew Holiday, they think that return is by far the best that was offered. What do you think ends up happening this year with the, uh, not even so much this year, like the future of the Kings? I really like the Kings, and I'm looking at the Pacific Division. They're 8-1, yeah. to one, and it's just like with the Suns and the Lakers, they're old. I feel like their goal is obviously to win the championship, and then I still think they're going to use load management. You can throw the Warriors in there, too, and the Clippers. What do you think about the Kings 8-1 to one to win the Pacific? I think they're going to be a tough regular season team. I love the kids. Funny, I did when I was talking to you guys about sort of where does Denver rank. I was trying to like, who am I trying? Who am I forgetting? I'm muscle memory to never take the Sacramento Kings ser- seriously. It's like a part of my basketball DNA. <laughs> but that that's changed. I mean, that's a that's a really tough team. It's a really good team. They're really young. They're well coached. They finally, we think, have a front office for the first time in a generation that's well run. And you're right. I think their window, or they think their window for really competing, is probably not this season, but the season after. But we've seen teams, and the Warriors are one of those teams, make really big leaps that, that are earlier than people expected. So, yes, I, I think that's entirely possible. I have a soft spot in my heart for Golden State, largely because I, I love Steph Curry, class act, amazing player. But they're old. I don't know that I believe Chris Paul is going to work and forget whether he starts. I don't know if he finishes, which is what really matters. Yeah. We know Bob Myers is gone. Steve Kerr has become, you talk to beat writers and folks there, a little more – He's a nice guy, but a little more frustrated, maybe a little more burned out in a long-term sense. I do think there's some vulnerabilities, and I think the Kings are the kind of team, if things click, because they have so many young guys, and young guys tend to make big leaps in years two and three and sometimes four, the Kings are poised potentially to be one of those teams that make a pretty big leap this year. Yeah, it's probably a culture shock for Steve Kerr because he's used to just dominating the NBA, and all of a sudden now he's looking around going, damn it, we're not who we used to be anymore. Bill Ryder, CBS Sports. Always good to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's, it's, oh at, at some point, teams get old, and then they age out, and sometimes it's really quick in the NBA. That may be the uh, Golden State Warriors. 10-7, Sam Houston up on Liberty right now, Ryan. I love to see it, but Liberty's about to punch one in, unfortunately. Yeah, we need a red zone turnover. Marching down the field. It's get it together, Sam Houston.